Steven, thank you for partaking in this one. Someone be storyteller Orin. I'm doing the next part. Storyteller David here. Oh, welcome back to our third? Yeah, I think this is number three. Number our three. third Fancy Pants Unzipped. Yeah. Because we have just finished our third major arc and adventure. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. So, uh, holy shit, gentlemen. hell of an arc, too. We're I had finally it. off had fun. God's breath. <laughs> it took a while, and man, was it awesome. What I a just, hellscape. God, how do you guys... Okay, yep. Before we get into all this, because there's a lot to get into... Do you guys like horror? What are your thoughts on horror as a oh, genre? Yeah. Oh, God, it is my favorite genre. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, I'm a horror fuck. fan. Oh, I'm hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was very I'm, excited. I'm was doing very the, excited. My arms are excitable. <laughs> he, always, he always talks with his hands. I'm on two rock stars, <laughs> damn it. Tonight, I'm a wacky way you play one play on two men, and I don't give a shit. I know that reference. Hey, hey. Does Steven. Yeah, is that a family guy thing? God damn it, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everybody's seen Family Guy, right? Better Call Saul would also be an acceptable answer. Oh. You gotta watch it. So, <laughs> horror, guys. It's awesome. It's, it's. I mean, I mean, can I have a horror movie? Because I want to know how it makes a lot of genre, some, some a lot of oh, feels God. into that arc. And I like, I, I try to, like, hit some different beats that I love. Yeah, um, my two, I don't know, I mean, they're definitely not going to be like, oh, that's garbage t- TV. It's not good film, I'm sure, but, um. The two movies that in my lifetime scared me the most. Granted, I was in high school. I was a young little scared boy. But um, The Descent and, and The Fourth Kind. I have seen neither. Oh, them are scary movies. Ooh. I haven't either. Okay. Mm, okay. okay. All right. Uh, as an adult, uh, The Conjuring series. I, I yeah, those, are as well, those are fun. As well. Hold on. Ooh, Ooh. Insidious. I haven't. Oh. I haven't. I, got, I have to. They're so good. They're so good. I think I might have seen... One, mm. At least one of those, I think. They're so good. And, Every uh, as a kid, year. though, Exorcist. Okay, I still I, it, I haven't it's seen a either. Oh my god! I know. Every year on Halloween, it I'm like, classic. I gotta binge scary movies, binge oh, scary movies, and then I end up watching Scooby Doo on Zombie if Island. You have not, or okay. if you have not Wolf, seen man. The Exorcist. You have to see The Exorcist. I gotta right. see him. I gotta see him. It is the ultimate classic. Let's add on to the movies that we have to all watch together list. Okay. Everybody, pick one. One horror movie that we oh have to all watch. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I'll go first. That we watch together? Yeah, together. Okay. Reservoir Dogs. Wait, that's the wrong one. <laughs> is that a horror no, movie? Not a horror movie. What? It... Hold on, what's it called? What is your brain? No, hold on. Okay. I gotta find it. Yeah, oh, all right. crap. Why? <laughs> wow. It's called Dog Soldiers. That's what the movie's called. I have not heard it's of like that one. Dog people? Because dog huh. people freak me the fuck out, it's, dude. It's werewolves. Ooh, oh, but okay. like, okay, okay, but are they like werewolves, like, like, like the fuzzy wolfy kind, or like the sort of like you know Doberman, like Doberman I people, mean, like weird, tall, lanky dog? Those guys, man. It's like, like a, a oh, it's like, 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 like a, a like fucking serious black. Yep, yep. No, no. Uh, Lupin, you nerd. Lupin. Oh god, damn it. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. Maybe. I mixed them up. I mean, oh, I am ashamed. But Lupin was scary. <laughs> I mean, yeah, fuck, dude. Absolutely. All right, so, absolutely. So, Dog Soldiers is like, it, I think it's like a '90s horror movie. You know, it's like one of those like B, B flicks. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's definitely just guys in costumes. You know what I mean? But uh, I remember being a kid, and me and my brother would watch that all the time. Yeah, that yeah. was a that was a, a David and I family favorite. I think my uh, recommendation is gonna be Troll Two. That's not a horror movie. It is a horror. It's technically a horror movie, and everyone should watch it with no context. And uh, ten out of ten movie, have fun. Wait, are you serious? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Do I don't know what to make of that one. Are you aware of Troll 2 at all? No, I don't know what you're talking about. It's the best worst movie ever made. It's incredible. There aren't even trolls in it. It's about goblins, but they call it Troll 2 because there's a movie called Troll that came out sometime before. By naming it Troll 2, people would think it was a sequel, so they'd be tricked into watching it. Seriously? Dude, movie is amazing. It's the most Amazingly 80s bad? bullshit. Yes. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. It is 80s to the extreme, to the painfully, painfully extreme, and just... You can't. I can't describe it. I can't describe it. It's undescribable. It's just a. It's just a movie. I don't know. It's a very special movie. Jeremy, what's what do you got going on over there? Uh, let's go with Hereditary. Ooh, I don't know this <sighs> one. Oh God, Tony Collette, man. Oh, How, so have, damn good. We have some movies added to our list. That's that's something. 
We gotta watch Hamilton first. We do gotta watch Before Hamilton first. Yeah. Yeah. I love how we started this and Jeremy was like, hey guys, let's keep on track for this one. And then immediately we were off the track. There was never a track to start. We didn't even start on the track. Before we go too far off the track. Yeah, what's here? I mean, yes, Hamilton, I think, is top of the list. Absolutely. You guys yep. have insisted. I will acquiesce and I'll watch that. Sweet. Um, next one we need to watch maybe after that. Man of the Matcha. The D&D movie. Oh, I saw yes. that. It's really oh, good. You saw it? I yeah. liked it a lot. Oh, okay. I, mean, I liked I mean, it a yeah, lot. We, we can watch that. You can stream it for 20 bucks right now. Oh, really? I thought yeah. it was... Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I knew it was on streaming. That's too much. Yeah. Just wait. It's not... Well, it's, it's the amount you'd pay to go see it in the theater with popcorn and shit. Not where I live. It's cheaper there. <laughs> that's, that's no. Fair. Not when you get popcorn and shit. I don't get popcorn. I get beer. Blasphemy. <laughs> Seven bucks for a movie ticket. You six bucks for a beer. Do not go to a movie without getting popcorn. I don't like popcorn. A soda. I don't like popcorn. And candy. Um, I, I, could, I could do the candy. No popcorn, no soda. Oh my god! If you want to keep getting off track, yes, yeah, so I said, guys, do you see the tracks anywhere? I can't see the tracks anywhere. I think we went really far off track. <laughs> We're lost in the woods. All right, David, why don't you tell us all about all right, God's go. breath? How yeah. it went, how it didn't go. Is that what you want to start with? That's I, that's. I mean, that's what uh, I'm okay, okay. curious to. Let's touch on God's breath. Uh, we, we're on horror. Uh, I really wanted to. Uh, so, so in the book, it is very much a horror-based adventure, and I wanted to play into that, but I wanted to elevate it a little bit. Um, and I think one of the main sort of elements that makes me feel like you know a good horror is this is that sort of suspense and dread drawn out over a long period of time. So, if God's breath felt like it took forever, hey, that's on purpose. So, <laughs> um, so. Obviously, we started things a little early. Uh, we started playing seeds for the arc much earlier when you first met storyteller Orin in person for the first time, uh, which is funny to think about because that was like a wild sort of situation. And now you guys are like close personal buddies who've been through the war together. Um, but yeah, you met storyteller Orin. He started talking about his niece, Kiana. He started talking about a boy named Cully, who he didn't mention at the time was also related to him very, very closely. And this planted the seeds for what was coming. You got you got shown the picture. You got revealed that this Coley was a mentioned in a letter, but that this Coley had died years ago. And by the book, it's not how it goes. Uh, in the book, you start off basically. You go to Promise. You go to the town. You're there for the Awakening Festival, and a couple of uh, those blood-eyed characters will sort of spring out and start attacking. Uh, there's no rattlesnake. I just want to make you guys sweat a little more than the book would have had you. Just wanted to make it harder. Yes, of course. Um, so basically, after the fight, there's a, a, a one of them is just holding a parchment that is similarly a, a, a sort of drawn image by Kiana, and an NPC in the town would mention that Kiana, you know, would say, "Oh, I know the art. That's Kiana. Something weird's going on. Will you go check it out?" And offer you guys some money. You jump in a wagon, head that way. Uh, you'd basically go right to the farm pact, and the only really counter you'd find in the way is the coyotes. Um, Lady Dre is actually a character in the arc, but I decided to just kind of turn Lady Dre into an alter ego for Orin slash Coley, because, I don't know, it's funny. Um, it's fun. I just thought it was a cool cool way of, of having Orin sort of come back to that world and experience it through a different lens, because obviously Orin is not not uh, well-liked amongst God's breath. Also, also, Tungsten Ward is in the book, but uh, they basically just come in and really just kind of wander along for a little while with you and then just kind of leave after the single encounter you'll really have, which is against the Dire Coyotes, who are attacking Uncle Polder in the rattle. So you fight them, essentially everyone leaves your party because your wagon gets stuck, and you continue on to the farm pact where you... Uh, this is a little different. Like you, 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 again, there's no bodies there, but as you eventually reach the farmhouse, you figure out something's going on. You go downstairs following the stench. You find all the bodies of the farmers, uh, all their arms ripped off, and the creature inside that is Cully. A lot of the exposition about Cully you'll get from Kiana down there, who's kind of half mad. So it's all very different, very streamlined, and very, very, very much, much quicker. Yeah. Um, quicker. You go from promise to basically like the farm. Right. In like a set sort of go. Fight the coyotes on your way. Yeah. I wanted to draw it out and I wanted to experience different kinds of horror. Uh, for instance, the whole boule segment, I wanted to try out the sort of chase mechanic I had in mind that because I really was wanted so it much was, fun. Yeah, it yeah. was that was a blast. Yeah. I love my favorite horror movie probably, and this is horror with quotes, Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. All I wanted sure, was to sure. experience oh, yeah. that running away from a T-Rex I felt like scenario. Jeff Goldblum in that moment. Yeah, Dude, exactly. Fucking That's got what it. I wanted. Oh my god. Your big Rip old mob teeth Ward. is Rip coming after you. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Um, yeah, yeah, that that would that the way the way you had it play out was so much better than just this blood-eyed guy happened to have 
Kiana's drawing in his hand. But, like, but, no, no, to be fair, the book can't really expect you to tie in a previous character like, like you know, Coley Oren uh, right, to everything. Right. So they have to find a, a way to hook you in. And it definitely, I mean, like, so much. This I didn't change a whole lot in this one because the, the, the plot is amazing. The idea that, like, this, this creature it came out of Crater Lace Lake which uh, in the book you don't really you don't really explore that that area uh, but I wanted to have the tracks to build up to something uh, in the book it's actually more of a surprise which is really cool too because when you get down there and you see the pile of limbs you don't know at that point that the right. limbs are going to be the bad guy you just think it's some limbs and then they move and attack you and it's like jump scare yeah. um, which okay. is really cool yeah, it's but, really cool yeah but the way that you did it you built up the tension and, and I thought going to Cradle Lace Cradle Lace Lake was awesome yeah, the scene we had there with Cully. Oh, big time! Yeah, I thought that was really was cool. Huge. And it would have been a shame to skip over that. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say for anyone running this adventure, like the book, honestly, solid. Maybe my favorite adventure from the book, at least among my favorites. There's one more that I really, 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 really like, and I cannot wait to get to. But um, adding a, an NPC like that that can like really tie everyone into it. I mean, horror is so deeply personal, and the only other person that has like a lot of stake in this particular adventure in this horror is Kiana. And Kiana doesn't really come in until the very, very end. So you're not really getting that that real feeling of investment, um, which is the only thing I could say, my only criticism of the adventure. And it's really not even a major criticism because it's hard for a book to tie a character like that into whatever larger story you have going on. So uh, that's about it. If you run this adventure, try to tie someone in sooner. Nice. So, so does anybody want to talk about anything else from God's Breath before we do questions? It's been my favorite arc so far. Yeah? It's really fun. Yeah, it was definitely definitely an emotional one. Um, like the tungsten ward scene. <sighs> Shit, that hit hard. That was cool. That that nat one, I I froze in the moment, staring at my die when I saw that I rolled the nat one. I I realized that's it. That's the ten feet. I said earlier in the episode, ten feet away. I'm using my leap attack. Yep. And and the farmhouse has had, you know, a ripple effect throughout the rest of the campaign. You know what I mean? cool shit i think we've i think that point we've talked to death so yeah yeah um you guys want to answer some questions let's go bring some questions Sweet. baby all right i'm gonna start with uh questions from Hooli forge what up what up hey Hooli forge uh first question is jules family name sounding like the roach intentional <laughs> no it's not just total coincidence just total coincidence. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a legit last name. Well, right, yeah. When I when I came up with the name Jules LaRoche, as I I think I stated before in another episode of Unzipped that it was, or no, it was session zero that it was on the toilet. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. Just, as, I, as most I of our good thoughts did. are. Yeah. Um, it actually came from kind of, kind of obscure movie. Uh, yeah, it, it it came from the movie Let's Go to Prison. Let me ask you something. Some some listeners might know this movie. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure one of you guys do. Have I? And I hate to bring this up on air and oh like God. And like dirty laundry myself. Have I been getting your name's pronunciation yes. wrong? Fuck. Yes. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it's Laroche. Oh like no. S H. I not early on could not remember which one. It was Laroche or Laroche. Oh darn. It's Laroche. It's L A space R O C H E. Phonetically, it's Laroche. Huh. S-H. Well, all the NPCs are dumb. <laughs> I, I just haven't said anything because I just thought that's the way you said LaRoche, and I don't want to be like, why do you say LaRoche that way? Eh, well, you know what? People call me Stefan all the time, and I just, I don't know. And to be fair, this is par for the course because I've gotten almost every pronunciation of every name wrong in this book. So, hey, we're good, <laughs> right? So we're on a roll. Yeah, we're, on, we're, we're doing it. <laughs> uh, next one. Will Jules ever convince Zebulon to join him in a duet? I hope so. Well, I mean, I mean, it it, it, it kind of kind of has happened. Yeah, we did the round. The, yeah, we did the round in on God's breath. But I think more specifically, I, I I take it that this question is pointedly meaning like Zebulon and Jules have this big musical number mm. together, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I want that to happen. Um, I think that's kind of up to to Stephen. I'll, I'll say that it's not planned, but we won't count it out. How's that sound? Is that so a, it sounds to me like I'm going to make it happen. I, I, think, you could, I think you could persuade me. It, it, all right, listeners, it's going to happen at some point. Maybe. 
at some point. <laughs> I can't wait to witness the torture of Steven trying to. Oh my God. It, oh my God. It, it's it, going to be awful. If it has to be me going back through all of our episodes and taking a little bit oh, of no, your no, voice no. I, I, to I make can, it happen. I can cooperate if that's if that's the way it goes. <laughs> oh, you're going to cooperate. It's happening now. Uh, uh, all right. No timetable, but all it's right, going to happen. Let's, let's quickly move on from that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> does Zebulon know any kind of art? I, oh. Huh. I, I didn't think so. I think no. Yeah, no, I, I don't I don't think so. Not not because I don't love art. Steven loves art and doesn't practice enough art. Um, but I, I don't know that Hmm. I'm trying to think why Zebulon doesn't know any kind of art. If I may step in real quick and just offer like a potential suggestion. Yeah, I would love that. Throw, uh, me, a, throw me a rope here. Like Zebulon has been so wholly focused on one ideal for like his entire life. And has spent so much effort and energy and time in just honing his ability to like fight, yeah. to sneak, to do these things. Like it, it feels like he wouldn't have much time for it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he really was, you know, quote unquote training until he was older and moved out and was living you know with his brother on their own maybe then was the sort of point where he decided he was going to try to become strong become like Arhalon um I mean we've we've mentioned before that when they were younger they used to do magic tricks together that's true so I don't I don't I mean I guess that's sort of an art yeah that's that's pretty yeah, fun it's an art form. but but yeah. I think I think something a little more juvenile like that was more Zebulon's speed rather than something that required more attention and, I don't know, maybe maturity, like art. Wow, yeah. So that's all I got for that one. I like it. All right. That, that, yeah, that ended up coming together. I wasn't sure at first, but... <laughs> um, does Zebulon have any non-luminary idols or heroes? Ooh, good question. Um, I mean, Arhalon. You yeah, actually, brother. that's... Wow, yeah, yeah, that's true. And uh, I, I guess that's really it. I love that you didn't hesitate. Oh, for sure. Arhalon is like... Before you said that. What yeah. I find very interesting is you didn't hesitate. You mentioned Arhalon in, in, a, in a breath. You didn't mention Shole. Yeah, Shole's kind of a bitch, so wow. like... Wow, interesting. No, I mean, I like I like this, though. <laughs> well, well, I mean, think back to that Think back to that memory when, when it was uh, the three of them, Arhalon, Zebulon, um, and... Uh, Zena. Zena on the couch. And, you know, that was like an early sort of uh, touchstone memory. And Sholei barges in and starts screaming. You know what I, I mean? I'm confused. That that didn't happen. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. You uh, No, there was no... That, that memory never happened. Yeah, what action figure? You silly goose. Um, <laughs> so that's... that's Yeah, Arhalon is, is it for Zeb, I think. Uh, did Jules have any favorite luminaries when growing up? No, no. I think he's he's always viewed anybody in a position of prominence or power as as in in a sense evil or the the enemy. Yeah. I don't, wow. I, I don't think he. I I think he looks up to the common folk and the people he lives with now. I think that's what he's always admired. Always had a huge problem with authority. Yep. That's our jewels. Well, look what authority did to him. Yeah, for real. Fuck that darkness. Honestly, I love it so much because it's exactly what makes Jules the sort of the sort of as we just mentioned in an earlier episode we were just recording, a beacon of light that like might be able to change things. We can't say that because that episode will not be out before this comes out. We'll we'll call it a little spoiler, a little gem. A little spoiler for you guys. A little, yeah, gem, I like that. Radiant Citadel. All right, you there, you there you go, listeners. <laughs> but, like, that's what go. makes Jules stand out. That's what makes him different is he didn't grow up admiring these luminaries. He didn't grow up as part of the system. He's an outsider and has always been an outsider. And now you're you're coming in and you're going to turn things around maybe. And I love that. That's I'm so cool. I'm making the inside outside and the outside inside. <laughs> yeah. <you're... laughs> All right. Um, and, and then uh, Huli Forge ends on a statement. Uh, something for Jules to think on. Anvils are often a size which the creation bard can create with their ability. And the creation bard ability does not say that the item appears on the ground. Next time shenanigans are called for, you go full on Wily e. Coyote. Yep. Holy Forge, can I see you in my office? <laughs> can I see you after class? We need to have a talk. All right. Um, Meh. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> 
We've got one from Strong Ash next. Why don't we see many humans in your campaign? Oh, very interesting. Um, boy, hang on. Yes, okay. I got this one. Uh, so what makes this setting so incredible but also so intimidating is how incredibly uh, uh, it, it's basically a gigantic melting pot of many different peoples and cultures and worlds and settings and it's awesome to explore so many avenues that fantasy doesn't normally touch on and as such I really want to sell the fact that this is a very multicultural like melting pot setting but it's hard to go into every scene and the citadel and the market everywhere and just kind of like try to describe the different sorts of peoples and clothing and and you know skin tones hair colors eye colors uh, everything you're going to see because it just it would be very it would just drag on it would be very samey and another way to sort of sell that point is making the the sort of non-human races more prevalent and they come from relatively different worlds and so seeing more and more of them as a way of kind of like solidifying that yeah this there's a lot of different people here there's a lot of cogs in this great great gemstone machine uh making these worlds so different and beautiful and bringing them together in such a such a wonderful way um so that's i guess kind of the gist of why why i've done a lot of i've added a fair few uh you know non-human characters to to sort of bring that out mm-hmm. yeah so and, and to be fair so like half of our mostly half of our party is well i mean we, we consider the cherry delights most of our party is human and and i guess it's like when you when you describe walking into a room and you say oh yeah you see you know humans and dragonborn and um aracocra whatever i guess that in those three words paints a diverse picture yeah right yeah exactly yeah. exactly and so then you know that there are folks of all different shapes and sizes and yeah yep so they're there they're there we're just giving them a little less airtime yeah i like it cool um got a question couple questions here from meow it's gabby dave's hey, wife i know that one um, just skip her <laughs> <laughs> what are your favorite cereals and why oh god fruity pebbles and why? Because it's fucking Fruity Pebbles. Need I go on? They're small and sugary and delightful and wonderful. I, I don't... I mean, I, I mean that's, that's I, a good answer. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I think that's probably the why for all of our favorite cereals. Um, Mine might be a little bit different. My oh. my favorite cereal is uh, Blueberry Morning. What the fuck is Blueberry God Morning? God damn it, Steven. Wait, what that's, is Blueberry oh Morning? It's kind of like one of those like oat crunchy cereals. But it is, and instead of like Raisin Bran, where it has a bunch of those raisins, Blueberry Morning, a bunch of dehydrated blueberries, and they are so wonderfully chewy. Steven is Blueberry Morning person. I don't person. know about that one. I would, I would much prefer Raisin Bran. Dude, it's like, they're like little, it's like little gummies in your cereal. Yeah, I want Raisin Bran though. It works. Is it colored I like mean, a rainbow? I, I'm not judging. I'm not judging. Like a rainbow? Uh, no, no. They're colored like blueberries. Ugh. Ugh. Blech. Give me a good answer, Jeremy. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That's a good answer, Jeremy. That's damn good. straight. It's pretty good. Damn I like straight. That. I'm into that. Although I really do love Raisin Bran. Um, I-, I think you should try Blueberry Morning if you like Raisin Bran. All right, I'll give it a shot. Because I'd skip because... this baloney. No, 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 no. All right, all right, I all right. think I think Blueberry Morning is a version of Raisin Bran with more replayability. Okay. I'll, I'll try it sometime. You know what I mean? If you think about cereal, you know, you wake up, maybe you have a bowl of cereal every morning, maybe that's your breakfast. I think you could go further blueberry morning than you could with okay raisin bran i'll try sometime all right what i love about cinnamon toast crunch <gasps> is that like it's one of those cereals which actually like fruity pebbles as well yes it gets better the soggier that it gets yes this is i mean there's, am, there's am, a point I, of diminishing return there's a point no, of diminishing that. return that, that's true that's true there's a point where it's like i don't want the sog anymore well yeah when you don't have many fruity pebbles or cinnamon toast crunch left in there but, I mean, if you still got a substantial amount in there and it's all soggy as fuck, that giant spoonful, come on. We should make a graph <laughs> where, like, like it's, like, sog over time and, like, when is the point where it's too sog? We've spent one hour talking about cereal. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> Thanks, Gabby. Thank you, Gabby. <laughs> Thank uh, you, wife. Next question from Gabby. What type of quote-unquote person, elf, goblin, etc., is Zeb's type? So I think we're at we're we're talking about race, and I, I spent a lot of time 
wondering about how do half dragons have sex? <laughs> oh God! Let's go back to cereal. Let's go back to cereal. Fruity Pebbles are so good. I don't want to hear about your Fruity Pebbles, Zebulon. <laughs> um, I mean Zebulon's sort of humanoid shaped, so so I think Zebulon is capable of being attracted to uh, whoever is of humanoid shape. You know, I mean, we're not we're not getting into like centaur thing that's probably that's probably too far that's, that's probably not shape. it's probably not attractive to, to zebulon what about mermaids um no i think that's probably in the same all right all right in the same realm but uh you know i, I think i think most things are fair game lower body's a dragon the upper body is a human but it's got like four dragon legs um, yeah, see, the four legs, I think, is probably what... Okay, but you're half-dragon, so technically it's... Half-dragon who's bipedal. Yeah, okay, that's fair. All right, okay. all right. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll call bipedal a, uh, <laughs> a condition <laughs> what for type attraction. Of, what type of person? It's just bipedal. Yeah, okay, yeah, exactly. All right, next question. <laughs> uh, this one comes from our friends at Slasher Podcast. When is Bink coming back? And the answer is as soon as Bink can get his butt to the studio. Yep. Oh my gosh, I'd love to see Bink in action. I, I, know. I hope I did yes. him justice in character, but with like you know his non-verbal sort of descriptions uh, as he was as he was working. And from what I heard from Mike, that sounded like the character he was portraying. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really excited for, for to get Mike on here. Good. Yeah, say, guys, can you imagine having the five of us in this room? It would be a little tight, but I, I think we would have fun. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I wasn't talking about the actual like a tight oh, space. Fish, I just oh, okay, like, yeah, it yeah. would be fun as hell. Yes, the it would chaos. be an excellent oh my God. time. It would be a lot of fun. Really like those guys. Um, Stomp lives a little bit closer. That's why he's he's come into the studio before. Um, Mike Mike lives a couple hours away, so that's he's also a you know busy guy with a you know family and shit like that. So. Um, we hope it can happen someday, but just just because of the way, I mean, I'm sure Jeremy could explain it better, but I don't think we need to get into that. But just the way we record and the way we have all our mics set up, um, having people remote. It's uh, difficult. Yeah, it's difficult. Uh, let's see. Next, we've got some questions from our friend Daniel, who you guys might know uh, as D. D is how uh, he's called by uh, Rochelle, Sound Pukey Girl. Oh, Okay. Daniel is her DM. Oh, that's awesome! And she got him into the show. Oh my gosh, that's, that's incredible! Cool. Yeah, so so we got some some questions from him. Uh, first one is uh, addressed to Jeremy and I. How did you choose your character race and class? I remember both of you saying you chose character personalities that are outside of your comfort zone in some way. But I'm curious about mechanics. Bard and Rogue are both great utility classes. So did you choose them because you knew your party was going to be small and you wanted generalist PC skills? Or did you come up with their personalities first and then choose classes to match? I remember on a previous Unzipped, David mentioned something about a bard being potentially important. Was that for narrative reasons or to use inspiration to help offset the garbage stats the dice gave y'all in Session Zero? <laughs> um, so before we jump into it, David, do you want to answer why you clued us in that a bard would be important yeah, for well, Radiant Citadel? It's so funny because it's not anymore. Well, there's two reasons. One, I knew that high persuasion, playing the people, um, is going to be a big part of getting out there, getting famous on the network, and I knew that was going to be a big part of this. Um, so that's why a part of me was like, hey, a bard would be really good for just gaining the sort of attention, momentum that you need to really sort of thrive in this setting. The other thing, though, which is kind of funny, is my initial view of everything, which changed very heavily, was that Luminary Agents were going to be bards. They're going to be called bards, and they're going to spread the stories of Luminaries and get them on the network and make them more popular. So Rune Rusong in early, early drafts would have been a bard. So huh. is, is is that where like the the God's Breath sort of um, song folk people came in? That's actually from the book. Oh, interesting. Yes, yes. Huh. The Reclaimers and the Awakening song. Reclaimers, that's the word. There you are. That's the word. Um, but yeah, no, uh, initially bards were going to be like interchangeable with like luminary agents. And so having a bard means you wouldn't have to hire an agent. You could be your own agent. Huh. That would have been this convenient. Is, yeah, this is a really great question because this is, I mean, this is stuff that I'm learning just now. Yeah, yeah a lot well. of stuff yeah, got workshopped and changed. That's so cool. But uh, yeah, no, it's 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 cool. Um, 
But yeah, so it's funny because it's not, you, you stuck to Bard, but it kind of lost a lot of the major importance it had. But I think it still is so key to the setting, both because augmenting those shit stats and just getting out there and getting known, firing the people up, Jules. Right, right. So basically, Jeremy, you were railroaded into picking Bard. Did you? Yes, I was. <laughs> Damn it. Did you have any say in your character? Uh, come on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let me take my shirt off again. <laughs> Did you have any agency in the creation of Jules Roche? Jeremy? Son of a bitch. Minor. Minor. <laughs> extremely minor. Tell us all so, about it. I chose Bard because David said, hey, a Bard would be useful. And Stephen's like, well, I'm walking I'll, away. Stephen's like, well, I'll fall on that sword if nobody else wants to. And then I was like, nah, you know what? Fuck it. Again, you know, personality-wise, it's out of my comfort zone, but also mechanically in the game, it's also outside of my comfort zone. I've only, you know, I've only been used to playing straight up, get in there, melee. I don't know how to play support, and I knew that this would. And it almost know. got Jules killed. Yes. It almost got Jules killed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There, there have been a few times in this campaign where I've forgotten that I'm support, right. and I've just gone in there and said, "Fuck it, I'm going." Yeah. And, it, it doesn't end well. So, that's so, why I love the Coley fight so much. That's when you really saw Jules fall into the world yeah. perfectly. It was yeah. awesome. I, I told you right after that session, in my head, I just kept saying, support, 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 yeah. support, support. Um, so, so did you give any special consideration to race? Also, uh, another part of the question I don't want to gloss over was, did you come up with personalities first and then choose class or race to match? Nope. Nope. Personality came from the class. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, race, I don't know. I just I, De- I defaulted I, to human. I defaulted to a variant human. Oh, but I don't know if we said that before. I, 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 I think that that because I mean I've only been playing D D for like the last three years. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So I think that comes from just a lack of understanding of the greater you know the greater races of the D D universe and their histories and their cultures and all that. Right. You know. So it's just I naturally kind of default to just what I know. I, I mean, I can't claim to have a huge uh, back knowledge as far as like dragon lore goes and shit like that. Um, but but I think I think I decided that I wanted to play a rogue. Yes, because I knew that we were going to have a small party and wanted somebody who could kind of play a couple of different roles. Um, so so class came first for me. I knew I wanted to do like a swashbuckler, and then the name came. I've talked about that origin story before with the gravestone by the house. Um, and then the rest of the character kind of fell into place um, a little unexpectedly. Um, I think Dragon might have even been a, um, a recommendation of yours, David. You might have yes. mentioned that dragons would be important in the game. Particularly, um, you, well, you, do you remember your first race option that you wanted to go for? Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. I was going to pick, well, w- when, when I thought Zebulon was going to be a bard, I was going to do um, Air Genasi. Yeah. See, I don't know what that is. Uh, like an air elemental humanoid. Thing. Oh, oh! And then when you picked well, Bard, I was too. like, okay, well, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do this thing. Well, what, uh, if I remember correctly, you asked me if there was because you had an idea for your backstory. You wanted to be tied to someone very important at the Citadel. Yes, yes. And I was going through options. I was like, you know, yep. there is this brass dragon who is essentially this incredible sort of focal point of the politics of the Citadel, and. Then you were like, hey, what if we go, you know, something like that? We, we kind of bounced it around and became the half-brass dragon that we know today. Exactly. So. Um, next one's for David. Do you find Jeremy and Steven moving more quickly than expected or more slowly than expected through the narrative beats you have planned? Uh, or do you not prep in that way? I'm a fairly new DM doing a full-on homebrew in the campaign I'm running for Sound Pukey Girl uh, and some other friends of ours. Just wrapped up the first arc. I had expected that arc to run 8 to 10 sessions, but very quickly learned it would be much more than that. Ended up 19 sessions. Uh, yeah, no, I, I feel it's always the same. Uh, I told the guys going to God's Breath it was going to be five sessions, I believe. I was like, yeah, five yeah, sessions. that's right. In and out, 20, five yeah, session adventure. Yeah, one of the yeah. quickest ones in the book you said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, here's the funny thing. Um, yes, I do think things can take a little longer uh, than I expect. I'll, I'll plan, and you know, you have to plan for much more content because if they blitz through something really fast, you don't want to be left with your pants down. You gotta be ready. And I, I, I semi-plan. Uh, a lot of it is I, I react to what they do, and I know all the characters and lore, but I have to plan out what the, what the characters are gonna think like, what their backstory is, how they're gonna react to certain things, what's the whole backstory of the world, and how is what they're gonna do gonna, gonna shift that. And once I know that, it's pretty easy to like 
drop these these sort of narrative uh, beats in front of them. I also have like villains making schemes and dropping little bits of their plan over time. So like, in a way, I'm, I'm when I'm when I'm preparing, preparing, prepping that one. That's the word. Um, <laughs> I'm prepping as the bad guys, considering their plan and trying to like get one over on these two. So it's it's kind of fun. But but yeah, no, uh, they tend to go a little slower through these beats than I expect. But the worst criminal of this, the worst offending criminal of this uh, sort of time management is myself, who will just randomly add three episodes of content uh, out of nowhere because I had a, I got excited by something weird and stupid. Like we just talked about yeah. at the beginning of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That boule, not planned at the start of the arc. I just want to do it that day. And I was like, this will be fun. Yeah, let's do it. Like, it was just... awesome. Well, it came out, it came out really well. I, I really enjoyed that episode. Um, you, make it, you make it very easy to trust you. Oh, for sure. That's oh, for sure. a surprising 100%. thing to hear. Yeah. <laughs> it it feels like it feels like we're bowling, but David is the bumpers, and we always have the bumpers up. You know what I mean? Ooh, so it's like you might, hit the wall, you might hit the wall a little bit, but it, he, it always he, bounces always you back there in. To steer it. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. This one, uh, the next two from Daniel are for all of us. Uh, when y'all gather to play and record, how long are your sessions in real time versus how long they end up on the podcast? I think that's best answered by you jeremy um in terms of the actual episode length usually i'd say hard average uh we record probably around an hour and a half worth of content um but once everything gets cut you know sometimes we have a lot of silences or we'll take a quick you know couple minute break we'll step right. away from the table for a second to think you know once all those little pauses and everything are cut and takes it down from about an hour 20 down to little over an hour hour 10 yeah we you really know. we really don't it's like really, to, to edit ourselves really you no, know what i mean like, no and that, well and that's the thing i don't edit you know i don't really edit the content right i just edit the you know exactly maybe a little longer pause when it's you know we're trying to think of something to say or we're kind of stumped on what to do in that moment right um you know because that's not good radio long silences is not good radio <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that's the way we all like it. We all want it to be as raw as it can be, but still right. sound good and be listenable. Right. So, um, yeah, really not too much time. Uh, last one from Daniel. I know y'all have played a lot of D&D together. What is something you've always wanted to do in a campaign, but so far haven't gotten to do? And I know mine. I have two, and I know both of them. I know mine. Yeah. All right, who's going first? You can go first, David. David. Uh, space. Oh, oh, very cool. Yeah, yes. I have not yes. run a oh. sci-fi type setting yet, and I would love to. I love Star Wars so, so much, and oh my gosh. Um, yeah, like Spelljammer kind of sort of space, uh, more like Starfinder kind of deal. I, I would love to get into one of those. Yeah, Starfinder would be excellent. Yeah, easy easy pick for me. That's a good one. I'm on board. What do you think, Jeremy? Oh, is it me next? You can go next. Okay. Well, I got two. Um and I don't know if I'm, this is taking the easy route on these, but, you know, this is coming from being a relatively new D&D player, you know, only the last few years. Um, one, finish a campaign. Mm-hmm. Sure. I look, yeah. I look forward to that first moment, however, however many years from now it may be. Yeah, we've I got, a, we've got a couple going, so. Uh, but also die. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Unexpected answer. Yeah. That yeah. was great. Huh. Wow. Huh. Um, Interesting. I'm, I'm really... I'm really interested to see the challenge that that will present me internally and then also to shift to playing another character. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've talked about this off air before, you know, like the, the very real possibility and the maybe inevitability and how close we've gotten (laughs) to, to our characters dying even so far. I, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I will do everything to not die. Right. You know, right. Of course. But, it's also exciting the thought of having to pivot yeah that quickly and that hugely definitely yeah it's super exciting i remember you know uh, a little while ago when when we all thought zebulon was just dead yeah it was like there was there was you know this the pit in your stomach so much like you know sadness but it was also really exciting it was really exciting so my answer is i have always wanted to be a wizard in real life. That's all I want in real life is to be a wizard. So so the closest I can get is to play a wizard in D&D. And, and it just so happens that maybe it's just a personality trait where I'm like, I'm going to see what everybody else is doing and then I'll fill the void. You know what I mean? Um, so, so it's always kind of 
uh, turned out that I haven't gotten the chance to play that full caster, um, specifically Wizard. So, so hopefully someday, hopefully I can play a Wizard in Space. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, a Wizard in Space Ooh. and Jeremy, and Jeremy dies, dies, I guess. That sounds yeah. so badass. <laughs> Let's make it happen, past people. <laughs> All our dreams can come true. Uh, all right. Uh, we've got some questions from uh, Sakura Blossom. What's up? What's up? Uh, hey, hey. First question, which scene surprised you the most, David, during the campaign? Oh, Wow. Huh. Ooh, pressure is on. That's that is a really question. hard question. Give me just a second here. See, this is one of those things that we'll cut. Yep. Yep, except no, I'm not, because now the listeners are in the pit. <laughs> hey, stop it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. That is um, it's a great, great question. I mentioned before how I was totally just, just shocked when you guys left room, which I shouldn't have been, of course. It made so much <laughs> sense, but I thought I could drag you into a conversation. I could sweet-talk you into working for him, and it just turned this character that was going to be this skeevy sort of kind of ally into a total villain in the, in, the, in the story. And that was awesome. And like, I never saw it coming. Uh, but there are other ones. Uh, uh, I mean, like God's breath, the, the farmhouse. I, I didn't think, I thought you guys would, would find some other way. And I mean, I'll tell you right now, you, you took out those farmers and if you hadn't, like they wouldn't have reacted when you walked in the room necessarily unless you tried to like touching them or do anything to them. But if you'd left them alone and went down to face Cully, they would have come after you and they would have been behind you. It would have been really, really, really bad. It would, it would have been near certain death. Yeah. So like, it wasn't a bad choice. I mean, it was, it's actually fascinating because we, we, we bounce around all the time. Me and my wife, she's, she's like, Oh, you know, I feel like you, um, really kind of should have been so surprised and you, you almost made it out to be the bad guy. And I feel bad because I think, in retrospect, I did, but it wasn't a bad choice. It was just a choice, and it was really interesting um, because it was survival. It was hard, and I don't know. I loved it. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I try so hard to, to differentiate between what Steven thinks and how Steven would react and how Zebulon thinks and how Zebulon would react, and, and it just felt so obvious to Zebulon, and, and I'm still not sure if it's just because that felt obvious to Steven or uh, I, I don't know. It was it was awesome. I mean, it just it just really surprised me, and I mean, it helped take this really dark arc in an even darker direction. And as sort of a follow up to that, uh, and like those whole shockwaves that scene sent through our little story, I honestly didn't think you were gonna do it, Jeremy. I didn't think you were going to let Chester go. Oh, I yeah. didn't think you were gonna do I was, it. I was wondering where you were going with that. You told me. You told me you would. You told me you were thinking about it, and I yeah. was like, he won't. He won't do it. He oh, won't do it. Dude. And you did. And I was like, floored. It was so amazing. Like, the the very first time I told you this is what I think is going to happen, I, I, I was set. That was it. There was no changing my mind. It was just a matter wow. of how it was going to happen. That scene was incredible, by the it way. Was, it, was, it was amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I felt bad in a way giving him the feet because I didn't want you to think it was me pressuring you in any way to take him but like no. I just wanted that to really resonate that that moment connected the two of you in such a deep and profound way that he shares that sort of magic and, and that, whatever that Chester's was, doing that was, now that was unexpected for me I had no idea that that yeah. was that that was gonna happen so, so let's and continue let's continue this conversation because uh, Sakura Blossom's next question is uh, very relevant to that okay if Jules could rotate the cherry delights as sidekicks would he no no, there's no other. There's no, no. Other cherry delight you would want to take. No, that's bet, not. That's not protecting them. I bet jeans could fight. Jeans could fight. Yes. Okay, jeans. I really can do some <laughs> early magic. <laughs> <laughs> but no, chest and jeans. We're we're taking care of everybody else. Nice. I, I didn't want to uh, railroad you away from the Chester conversation. I just wanted to introduce oh, no. that. No, I love extra it. dimension no, yeah. to the conversation. But yeah, no, Chester and jeans. That's it. And even still, I don't know if he'd want to take jeans either. He trusts her the most to take care of everybody else when he can't be there. And, and Chester was the first. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, right. Chester and Jeans, or Chester and Jules, Jules and Chester. You know Jules I mean? and Chester. Yeah. So, so, so I can sort of see not having, it's, it's not a trust thing. It's a maybe not even a familiarity thing. Jeez, yeah, I don't know. There's just something so special yeah. between those two that that is the answer, the one and only answer. Right. Right. And maybe jeans. And maybe jeans. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Next, she's, she asks, uh, would Zeb ever go dark or anti-hero? Oh. 
Um, wow. I mean, I think we've seen some some strange, not strange, some some developments with Zebulon's character, but I don't see them as being dark or or anti-hero. I just see it as Zebulon doing what he thinks is right to get what he wants. That doesn't sound dark at all. Oh, come on. <laughs> you phrased that like a true supervillain. Yeah, yeah. I will do what I think is right to get what I want. <laughs> I'm a paladin. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know. Maybe maybe that answers the question. I guess I don't know. Um, I, I just I don't want to I don't want to play Zebulon as um as someone who's like a super goody two shoes. Who as someone who's who's afraid to break the rules to to get what he really really wants. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe, I guess. Maybe, I guess. It's awesome. I mean, such a great character. Yeah. I mean, you can't... Yeah, such a great character. Yeah. I, I, I'm just trying real hard not to think about a destination for Zebulon. Like, I don't want to think about where he's going to end up. I'm just, I'm just playing the game and just doing my best to react the way I think he would react. Uh, and if that ever leads down a dark path, I... I, that's not my goal, but I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say never. Wow. Uh, all right. Last couple questions we got from our buddy Zubeard. What up, what up? Uh, question for the cast. Jeremy, when your character touched the writhing mass of hands, talking about Cully Jr. here, yep. and they looked at you and said, monster, how did you feel as a player? You're obviously a good player, and here this monster that's caused so much death looks at you and sees a quote-unquote real monster in its eyes. How does Jules feel? As a listener, it's like he locked it up inside so we, the listener, don't get a good idea of how he feels. Love the show, thanks. Uh, yes, Jules, the character, does have it locked inside. And it's one of those things where even when it's presented to him as it was he's numb to it because he doesn't want to acknowledge it and he's he's scared too and he doesn't want other people to see him that way we saw a little bit of that in the episode that we just recorded which i i think is coming out after unzipped perhaps yeah so be careful (laughs) that's yeah exactly i didn't want to say too much but yeah so yeah so that's where jewel stands um god as a player i hadn't really thought i mean in that moment i was thinking as jewels right as as a as an outside player, I, I I don't think I have an answer for that. So so maybe Jules locked away, and maybe so did Jeremy. I guess you could say that. Yeah. Well, Jeremy, how does it feel when I look you in the eyes and I call you a monster? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I uh, powerful, I guess. Ooh. Wow. I don't know. Interesting. Take that as what you will. I like that. That's unexpected. Yeah. I don't know. A couple of villains at this table. Hey, come on now. <laughs> Let's, let's take it easy here. Let's take it easy. Um, so, so, so that's all we got for questions. So there's two questions. Uh, well, you, you there were there were like three question marks in the paragraph, but oh. they were pretty much all. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Two two question marks in the paragraph. So. Well, great. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. You want to you want to end this thing, or you want to just dive into something else? I'll zip my pants back up. I don't care. Zip her up because you know what? We have a lot of arcs to go, a lot of things to talk about. And we are just getting started on this journey, gentlemen. One more, one more uh, very super important thing that we probably should have mentioned at the beginning. Yo. Uh, Discord server. Yes, mm, we've opened yes. a Discord server. We have a uh, Discord server. I, uh, I put some work into it, and I'm really hoping you guys like it. I really want to just get out there and talk to people. And, and you know, when episodes drop, I want to, I don't know, hopefully drop some, some conversation. Steven, get your phone away from that mic. I know. Well, I'm trying to pull up. The... <laughs> so if there's crackling in the audio that you listeners can hear from this, it is not my fault. Steven put his phone next to the mic, <laughs> and it makes crackly noises. I was trying to look at it real I, fast. That I cannot take that out. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, please, please, if you're hanging around, you join other social media stuff. If you have a Discord, come join our server because it's going to be roaring. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. Um, I'm going to be there. These guys are going to be there. I mean, we'll all get to talk to each other in real time. Yeah. So so I think the only way to find it is to go to social media and find a a link to it there. Is that correct? And also after this episode comes out. I will be putting it in every single show note as well. Oh, okay. Along, along with our Instagram, you know, all that good stuff. Excellent. There awesome. you go. Yeah. And 
please just come on in pants people because you guys you are all the threads that wind the pants mm-hmm. you wind the pants mm-hmm. something together. about a bobbin right the bobbin and the buttons and you guys are your gears need some oil when I'm in danger pants people you're my pocket pick <laughs> singer sewing machines <laughs> Um, but yeah, and also please, uh, you know, bring your friends, someone who you think might, uh, might be a nice fit, might be interested in what nice we're doing. Nice fit, that's good. Yeah, that's a pants thing. Yeah. Pants fit. Damn it. <laughs> so much better than me at that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, we're counting on you guys to help us make some more friends and, uh, grow this thing. David, you're the belt that holds my pants up. <laughs> Jesus. Come on, man. <laughs> not that hard it's harder than it looks looks look look god damn it i'm so tired it is <laughs> looks it is pants people you're the best and uh we're so excited to keep going on this story and this charity and, and to go through all these other worlds and explore this setting in every way we can and, and, and see how these players are going to change this world and how you're going to help change this world and this story for us. I, 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 I can't even... You're the best. And, I mean, only one thing that's just... Yeah. Only one thing that's just... God damn it, stop laughing! Yeah. I didn't do anything. All right. I'm just smiling. All right, all right. <laughs> I can't... <laughs> stop. Steven, get out of the room. Your face is distracting me. <laughs> Thank you, you turned away. Hang on, all right. Only one thing left to say. What? Well, stop it. You're wiggling your butt. God damn it. We'll call it there! 